Welcome to Conversations with Coley, where we have conversations about subjects we think about but often don't speak about. My name is Nicole Miller, and I'm the author of this book series, A Through Z, Guide to Raising a Good Human, a series I wrote to help in the communication process. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Evander Beatty, the author of Danger Life, A Dark Voyage Through OCD. Welcome, Evander. Hello. Good to be here. Um, I'm going to start us off with an icebreaker question. So in lieu of the big jackpot for the Mega Millions, let's pretend you win tonight's lottery jackpot of $1.2 billion. What is the first thing you're going to do with the money? Uh, I think the first thing I would do would, would probably be to pay off my parents' house. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, they've they've been good to me, so... If I had that much money, I would definitely uh, try to do something for them. No yeah, doubt. that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would call a lawyer and a CPA <laughs> and then go into hiding. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so share with us a little bit of your background. Yeah, so uh, my background is basically uh, growing up in, in Michigan, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, like around my 18th birthday. Um, and since then I, uh, have worked a lot of different jobs and my OCD has affected all of them in different ways. Um, so yeah, uh, OCD has been a, a big part of my life and I've overcome a lot of aspects of it, but other parts uh, you know, I still try to, to deal with and lead a, a relatively healthy lifestyle if I, if I, you know, can do it. So, um, nice. Yep. Nice. So explain the different types of OCD a sufferer could experience. Yeah. I mean, there's really a million different ways you could suffer from OCD. Um, for me, it's been, uh, about keeping things clean. Mm -hmm. But basically, it's just in your brain, basically constantly telling you, you know, that something is wrong or that you have to worry about something over and over. So some people who have OCD, you know, they might check their stove a million times to make sure it's turned off, even though they know it's turned off. They still have to check um, people lock doors over and over and over um, and then like like I said, for me, I'm just uh, kind of a, a compulsive cleaner and I have, I live with a lot of rules um, within my household that revolve around cleaning and, and stuff being clean. So right. uh, but honestly, you, you can obsess about anything. Um, I knew a guy once who uh, his obsession was, he couldn't stop obsessing about thinking about trucks. And I mean, that sounds weird to me, but uh there's, I mean, you like I say, you you can pretty much have it revolve around anything. Okay, because I have a son that has Asperger's. So when he was younger, his obsession was TV antennas. If he saw TV antennas, he would be like, Mom, Mom, look at that a TV antenna. Look, look, look. And he would get all excited. So is that kind of along the same lines? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, It can be a little more significant depending on how bad, you know, the OCD is. Mm -hmm. Um. Like for me, it got to a point where for a while, uh, I'd say a good few years, uh, I was unable to really do anything outside of the home. 
um, because I looked at being outside my house as the world being dirty and I didn't oh. want to come into contact with, you know, any of that kind of stuff. So I would stay at home and stay showered and stay, you know, within my clean home and follow all my rules. Um, obviously, you can't really lead a normal life doing that right. for too long. Um, and then that's when I kind of moved into trying to do things to get myself out there and, and lead a more normal life where I can actually have relationships and know people and see people and do jobs and all that kind of stuff. So that that's been a process for sure. Right. So you were an obsessive shower. Um, how often do you think you were showering? Well, uh, I, I was showering, um, probably once a day, which isn't a ton, but, uh, my showers, uh, they, they're pretty intense. So you're basically, um, when I take one of my like real good showers, it's, usually around an hour long and mm -hmm. I basically wash everything several times. So mm -hmm. it's like kind of like a super shower. Um, right. and I've started to do less of those, but I, I, there are times where I still feel the need to do it. Right. And so for you, coronavirus, how did that affect you? Yeah. You know, honestly, uh, it's, it's funny that you bring that up because I actually had uh, written an article about, OCD and Corona. This was early on in the coronavirus situation. But uh, for me, I kind of felt like I was ready for it, you know, because I, I already was worrying about all this stuff for years. And so the things that I was being told that I had to do were things that I already, already really doing? wanted to do. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that kind of maybe the coronavirus can give everybody a, a little bit of understanding, like that beginning part where everyone was so scared of what a person with obsessive compulsive disorder goes through. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, fear is a huge part of OCD. Um, I My personal fear that I struggle with is fear of like bodily fluids or bodily waste. Right. Um, but people with OCD have a zillion different types of fear that they have. And, and, and it really does revolve around trying to get away from whatever you're afraid of. Right. How, so you said you were 18. Can you explain if there was an event or something that happened to you that triggered the OCD? Yeah, definitely. There were uh, probably two big things that happened that really kicked things off. Um, when I was 18 and I went to, uh, I went to college and I was living in the dorms, um, I had a run in, um, with hearing some news about an old girlfriend that I dated in high school. And it made me think that maybe I had possibly gotten AIDS from, you know, this person, even though she didn't have AIDS, but, uh, it made me worry based on who she was, you know, with before me. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of made me, I had to drop out of school because even when I got my, my HIV tests and, you know, I came back negative, it was, it was impossible for me to stop worrying about it and, and to let it go. Um, mm -hmm. it, it took a good year before I really could feel confident that I was healthy. Right. Um, 
and then another situation happened probably about four years after that um, where some, and this is going to be kind of graphic, so I apologize, but uh, so somebody had come to our, our apartment in college where uh, the, there was a party at our apartment and somebody had used the restroom on the floor and then also threw up in the tub. Mm -hmm. and I was the one who discovered it and uh, that kind of shook me and mm -hmm. made me fear something like that ever happening again so that that kind of is where my 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 fear of you know bodily waste and bodily fluids um, really kicked off for sure right and so your cleanliness and your rules um, when you were living with those roommates, did any of that surface at that point or was that something that happened later? It definitely uh, was was around at that point when I was living with the roommates, I kind of uh, just told myself that <clears throat> while I was at school, I was just going to kind of consider myself to be, you know, not the cleanest version of myself. And then whenever I would go home to visit my parents, I would make sure that, you know, I showered real well and, and put on new clothes and kind of kept those two worlds separate mm -hmm. so that I had a place that could be, you know, my, my version of clean. Mm, okay. How does, so how does this, obsessive compulsive disorder before you got it under control how did that affect your daily life so you start you get hired at a job how did your ocd affect having like a job or having school to go to yeah well basically in order for me to participate in a job that's like outside of the home or or going to like classes and school type stuff um, I, I pretty much had to throw my rules out the window because my rules are pretty, um, I mean, they're, they're, they're heavy duty and you really can't do a whole lot with when you're following them. So I, I, you know, in order to lead like a normal life, I kind of had to just throw those rules out, um, during those periods of time in, in the day or whatever. So, mm -hmm. um, it, it can make it so you really can't be productive in any way shape or form um you're going to be thinking and worrying about you know is this wherever you're at at you know in whether you work in an office or like if you are at a school or whatever you know constantly just thinking about oh how 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 many years have people been coming here and getting this place dirty and really just makes you not even be able to focus on the work itself yeah. um so it definitely can, can, and it, it also puts a tremendous stress on you too, which leads to anger and, uh, right. You know, that was going to be another question of mine. Did you ever have any like angry outbursts over like cleanliness? Oh yeah. There was a period in my life where, uh, you wouldn't go a whole day without a pretty big blow up, um, from me. Um, it's definitely something that I've worked on through many years and I've, I've, you know, worked in therapy, uh, to, to try to improve that. But, um, <clears throat> back in, let's say like 2003, 2004, I was a basket case and I was having, um, you know, blow ups that were pretty bad, 
very often, several times a week, and they were big, big ones, and they they affected my family and and at the time my my wife. Um, so, yeah, that that has been a big problem for me, and and the book talks a lot about that as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you have kids, if I may ask? I do not have kids. No. Okay. Because I, I was going to lead into like, how did that affect you as a parent? I took care of a gentleman who had OCD and um, it was back when they would put you like in a mental institution and then maybe graduate you. So it was a group home type setting. And he actually, his impulses forced, like made him, not made him, but how do you say it? He ended Compelled up having it. an outburst on his child. And so I was going to ask you if you had ever experienced anything like that. So yeah, not, not, uh, not with, well, obviously I don't have kids, but like, um, I, I definitely have done that, you know, with family members for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of one of the main, I mean, I, I definitely don't take being a parent lightly, uh, in lieu of the fact that I have this. And so, um, I've definitely been careful and, and tried to make good choices about, you know, how that would come about. So that's definitely something that's been, you know, a concern as I, you know, grow up through life. Right. Do you, so do you feel that because of having this, you are hesitant to have a family? It definitely makes me uh, think about it in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. I. You know, I when I was married, um, I think if I had stayed married, we would have ended up having kids eventually. Um, and I, you know, I guess in in my perfect world, I would like to have at least one kid, um, you know, in my life. But this definitely will create a lot of trouble. And, and I don't know that I want to bring my kid into that kind of a life. You know what I mean? Where they're right. dealing with all that you know, stress. And I certainly don't want to make it so they feel the same way I do. Um, so right. That's obviously a concern as well. Right. Yeah. I, I can totally see where that would be. So what made you decide to look for a way to overcome your OCD? Was there something that happened or was it just you were just tired of being? Yeah. I mean, there are a couple things. Um, one was, uh, you know, the, the, the need for money and the need to have a good career where you could make good money and be independent. Um, mm-hmm. that that's been one motivator and, uh, that, you know, has definitely led me to do a lot of, <clears throat> you know, overcoming with my OCD. Um, but also just, uh, the need to be around people. And, and when you don't, you know, hug someone for 15 years straight, that wears on you, you know, when you're afraid yeah. to, to kiss someone or to hold someone's hand or, you know, do anything physical with whether it be a parent or, or whatever, right. it's, uh, it takes a toll. And, uh, you know, that's obviously been something that is, you know, something that's changed the way I look at things too. So nice. I mean, good for you for wanting to take those steps. So can you tell me a little bit of what steps you took to put you on the survivor's journey? Yeah, well, uh, one thing I would like to mention is I I don't consider myself to be cured of OCD. Right. Um, 
<clears throat> I certainly still have my, you know, issues with it. Um, but for me, uh, I basically, if I was going to do anything to lead a normal life, I was going to have to uh, create a world where my rules didn't apply. Um, and that's kind of goes back to, to when I was in college where I was living with the roommates and then I would come home and be clean. Um, that's kind of how <laughs> it's my, my situation is very unique and people would probably bat an eye at it, but I, uh, you know, I have different parts of my house that I consider clean and different parts of my house that I consider dirty. Mm-hmm. And when I'm doing schoolwork or when I'm, you know, going out and working at various jobs, which I do have a couple of jobs right now. Um, that's when the rules don't, I, I, I pretend that they don't exist. But then when I want to be home and, and be in the clean parts of my house, that's when I revert back to, you know, following the rules. And that's uh, something that's been happening a lot less lately, because I've been doing so much stuff that, you know, has required me to you know, be able to be out there. But um, for me, I needed that little safe place every once in a while to go to. Um, and and then just kind of like, like I say, live, throw the rules out the window for, you know, most of my days. Yeah. So do you feel that you live in almost like a constant state of stress? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's one tough. thing that I to, to also piggyback off of your last question was um, I have gone to a uh, psychologist for um, probably about, I'd say, 16 or 17 years, maybe a little bit longer than that. And <clears throat> I've done a lot of work with him. Um, so that that's been extremely helpful. And I feel like if anybody out there has OCD and they're they're dealing with this negative stuff. Um, it really helps to be able to talk to somebody about it who, who can understand and then, you know, help you kind of work towards getting to a point where you can lead a normal life, uh, with OCD. Yeah. Was it tough for you to go to find a therapist to open up because sometimes admitting causes anxiety? Yeah. Uh, for me, um, I had a counselor uh, when I was first diagnosed, and we we didn't really uh, see eye to eye on things, so that that one didn't go so hot. But then um, later on, when I found my current uh, psychologist, um, I I wasn't really afraid to talk to them about it because I feel like this is what they do, you know. So they, they I kind of wasn't super scared about it. Because it it was something that they dealt with every day. And uh, I definitely didn't want other people in my life to know about it, though, because there's, you know, it makes people wonder about you. Really? Um, And it it definitely uh, brings about a whole new dimension to, you know, getting to know someone. So, yeah, yeah. So can you talk about the stigmas attached to having OCD? Well, I think um, there's definitely a, a stigma uh, in regards to mental illness overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and OCD definitely, you know, falls in that pitfall. 
Um, I think a lot of people don't understand just how serious having OCD is, how it can literally dominate your life. And, and really, for a while there, it ruined my life. And it uh, it's not just something that you joke about, like, oh, well, you know, I'm washing my hands five times today. I must be OCD. Like, OCD is a big deal. And it causes your brain to do things that a lot of other people would never even consider a possibility. Um, so it's, I, the reason I wrote my book was just so people could understand that it's, it's a big deal to have OCD and kind of help them understand what it's like to have it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure people that are ritualistic, I'm sure people go, well, then why don't you just stop? Well, you can't, your brain won't let you. Right. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my, my, uh, my, my doctor that I speak with and do therapy with, I mean, he's, he's very realistic. He, he doesn't try to convince me that I can be cured and, and get rid of this completely, but we work on ways to, to manage it and to live a normal life while having it. So, um, for me, that's, what's been the key. Cause you know, some people are definitely able to overcome OCD. But there are some of us who, no matter what we do, we will always have to deal with it. And, uh, you know, we've got to make the best of, of what we have, you know, with with it. So, yeah, that was going to be my next question is if this is a curable illness or is it something that you just have to adjust to because you'll have it for the rest of your life? Yeah, and that that kind of depends on the person and depends on how severe the OCD is. Um I've known people who have overcome it and it, it's been completely erased from their life, oh, wow. um, which is great. I mean, if you're able to do that, then that's awesome. Uh, yeah. But I also know people who, like myself, who have lived with it for, you know, 20 some years. And at this point, <clears throat> you know, I've gotten to a point where I'm, I'm pretty much where I'm going to be. You know, it's not going to get much better at this point. Right. Um, I just have to be able to manage my life and be able to do the things that a person needs to do while still dealing with the OCD. Yeah. But I mean, being able to self-reflect and say, Hey, I need to change something for my own self and for others sakes. I mean, that takes a lot. So I commend you hugely for that. Yeah. So, thank you. That is, it is, it is yeah. a tough thing to do. So. Yeah. Cause sometimes I think when people struggle, you don't see it the way others see it. Do you know what I mean? Like when you, you know what you're dealing with, but for you, that's your normal, but for someone looking in at you saying, Oh my God, you know, I'm worried for you or whatever you, some people go, no, 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 I'm fine. You know, I think it takes a lot of guts to be able to look at yourself and say, I do need some help and I do need to make a change so I can have a better life. Definitely. Definitely. I feel so, like oh, by, doing ahead, it on my, by doing it myself, I can also give people hope and ha have them be able to look to do it for themselves if, if they're dealing with it. Yeah. Because so, it is a scary thing and yeah. people don't know about it. And so it's, it's, you know, it makes when you tell people you have OCD, it kind of makes them take a step back and think, oh, is this person, you know, like crazy? Like what, what do they mean they have OCD? So, 
Right, right. And and sometimes when you have OCD, I'm sure that it leads into like angorophobias and things like that, where you don't want to leave your house. Definitely, definitely. And I, I've uh, talked to a lot of people that that's been the type of OCD they have. And <clears throat> like I said, for me, for about a good 10 years, um, you know, that that was how I was. I, I basically, the only place I would ever go would be to my parents' house or to, and then stay in my own house. So um, it absolutely can lead to that type of a situation. Yeah. So for people who may not want to take medicine for this, what things can they do to help relieve their impulses? Yeah. So a couple of things over the years that I've done is, uh, and I, I want to say I do take medicine, but which has been helpful, but there, there are a lot of things that you can do on your own to, uh, to do it. Um, one thing that I think a person with OCD needs is they need somebody who will bring them back to reality, um, from time to time. And for me, uh, that's been my mom. Um, she, you know, when I'm going through a, a, a phase where I'm really, you know, hung up on something like I've cleaned, let's say I've cleaned the counter, let's say 15 times and I want to continue to clean it because I don't think it's clean enough. <clears throat> Having someone who can come in and say, you know what, Scott, you, you cleaned it enough. It's clean. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to be afraid of it. It's not a it's not a threat to you. Yeah, it's clean now. And um, I think, you know, that helps to have that voice of reason. Um, and obviously, my therapist does that for me as well. Um, so that that's been a big thing. And then you got to learn to tell yourself that stuff. You know, you got to train yourself. And th this takes over many years. But, you know, when I'm freaking out about something, I have to like literally in my brain tell myself, you don't have to do this. Like everything's fine. You don't have to worry about this. And and I I guess you would just call it kind of like self self talk to uh, reinforce against the compulsions. Yeah. Does this ever affect your sleep? Oh yes, definitely. Uh, it uh, can either make you sleep a lot, or it can uh, keep you from being able to sleep at all. Um, and for me, it's kind of done uh, both in, in, in that. So it, it definitely can affect your sleep and that in turn, you know, affects your life in such a negative way. Cause if you don't feel rested and you're not rested, um, it's hard to do the things you need to do. Yeah. And then it makes you sick because your body needs sleep. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would um, say that the, the exhaustion factor of having OCD uh, is definitely a part of it, too, because you definitely wear yourself out um, doing yeah. things a hundred times and constantly worrying and just freaking out about stuff. So it, it makes you probably more tired than, you know, just in, in, a, in a normal situation. So that's definitely. part of it, too. Yeah. Um, on an average, how many people who have OCD experience suicidal ideations? Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't really know statistics, but I know, right. uh, 
there are a lot of them that do. Um, I know for me, there have been moments where I've done that. Um, I also know that uh, when I was married, um, how bad my OCD got, it made my ex-wife, you know, even think about it. So mm. um, just to escape the world that we were in. Right. So uh, it, it definitely probably happens to quite a bit of the people that have serious OCD. Um, but as far as the numbers, I guess I wouldn't really know. But yeah, it's definitely common, I would say. Wow. that And that's scary, too. I mean, I'm sure you feel like you're trapped by, by this um, disorder. Can you give any advice to someone struggling with compulsive, obsessive compulsive disorder? Well, I would uh, I would simply say uh, you're not alone. There's a lot of us out there and a lot of people don't talk about it, but you'd be surprised how many other people have OCD that you didn't realize had it. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, and at the same time, you got to find someone you can talk to about it, whether it be a friend or a therapist or a parent or whatever, you gotta take that anxiety somewhere and voice it and, and talk it through um, and then begin to, you know, work on, you know, different ways that you can improve with it. But uh, <clears throat> like I said, you're not alone and you just, you, you can't give up and you just gotta keep, keep on trying. Yeah, definitely. Do you believe that there will ever be a cure for this disorder? Well, like I said, there are a lot of people who have been cured. Um, I think uh, for a lot of us, there probably won't be a cure. Um, but who knows? I mean, with with medicine and, and science and all that stuff, it's possible. And, and like I say, I, I know a lot of people who had OCD and they don't suffer from it anymore. So right. it really just kind of depends on <clears throat> the person and the you know, the, the type of therapy that they've done and, and that kind of thing. So right. um, I would hope that, you know, at some point it would be but gone, something but that maybe doctors can pinpoint, like what, what sets it off? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like yeah. you said, you had that event that happened, but there's gotta be something in the chemical balances of the brain that yeah, kind of switches. Yep. And, and, and like I said, for me, um, taking medicine has been really helpful. Um, <clears throat> I definitely take medicine. I've taken it for, you know, over 20 years and without my medicine, I would be a basket case. So, um, you know, I'm not trying to be a doctor and tell people right. what to take, but it, it's definitely something that's helped me. And, and it, it's because it is, it's a chemical imbalance that you have in your brain. You need that chemical to be normal and right so right. There's, there's nothing wrong with taking medicine and you know doing what you because you know if you had cancer or whatever any kind of an illness like that you would take medicine and you would do what you could to to get it you know to get better so it's, it's the same type of deal yeah was it was it difficult to find a medicine that worked for you in the beginning uh, yeah, it definitely was, was tough because I was on some medicines at the very beginning of this process that um, made me real sick to my stomach and just made me feel like garbage. Mm -hmm. um, and so to get to a point where there, where I got one that worked and that I could tolerate, 
it does take time and it does, you do have to, you know, probably try out a few different ones and kind of go through a rough point in your life where you're trying to get it situated and, you know, figure out which one, you know, would work for you and which one's best. Um, but even to this day, uh, you know, I, I still take, uh, you know, the medicine that I took, you know, many years ago and I still have side effects from it every day. So yeah, it's just one of those things you, you, you know, you, you I guess you got to weigh the which pros one's and worse. The cons. Yep. 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 And that's the whole thing. A lot of people who suffer, they feel worse on the medicine physically. So then they don't want to take it and then they're still trapped. So exactly. that's a good piece of advice for people. Yeah. And there, there is a, a time that you have to take to get used to it. Yeah. So tell us all a little bit about your book. Yeah. So my book basically uh, talks about um, from the time that I was around the time I was diagnosed from when I started college. Um, and then the book uh, goes all the way through um, basically the end of my marriage, um, which is uh, roughly about probably like 12 or 13 years of time that the book covers. Mm -hmm. um, and then the book ends um, around the time that I uh, started to get my divorce going. And there's definitely more to the story after that, but I kind of wanted right. to do two different books. And, and mm. um, so there's still a lot to tell. And, and if I write the, the second book, then a lot of that will be in there. But um, basically, this book just kind of talks about the realization of, of realizing I have OCD and what it can do and how it can affect you. And then really how it affected a lot of my, my uh, relationships with like my parents and, and my, at the time wife. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm so happy that you wrote that. I actually, I don't suffer from OCD. Maybe some things, you know, I have little uh, quirks, but I want to read your book because I want to, I kind of want to see what it's like to be in that state of mind and how you can go through it and see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I'm excited. How yeah, do we find your book? And what if for me, I'm a book collector. I want a signed copy. How do I do that? Well, um, right now, uh, you can get the book on Amazon. Um, you would just Google my my name, Evander Beatty, and then uh, when you do that, then the book will, will come up. It's uh, like I said, it's called Danger Life. Um, and so that's probably the easiest way to get it. Um, to be honest, uh, I'm probably going to be doing some book signings, you know, shortly, um, in that regard. Uh, but as far as to get a signed copy, I don't know. I've never, uh, I've had one person ask me for that so far. So, okay. <laughs> um, but I mean, if anyone wants one from me, they can certainly, certainly get it. So. Awesome. Awesome. Do you think you would ever do speaking engagements about this disorder and how to live with it? Yeah, I definitely would. Um, I've actually done a couple already, uh, like probably about five years ago, I spoke at a place uh, called the Anxiety Resource Center, which is a, a local place that helps people with anxiety disorders in mm. Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, I did do a, a, a speech with them 
Um, and I've actually done a couple with them. Um, but, you know, I'm always looking for an opportunity to get the word out and to tell people my story and, uh, you know, not, not just inspire people, but also to educate them. Yeah, most definitely. Cause I think that we need that. I think we really do. Cause I think I read in like the little excerpt description of your book where you said, you know, people kind of just make fun of it or they're cavalier about it. And this is a serious illness. And I agree. I think that with more education, maybe some of that will go away and people will start kind of noticing like, hey, these people really are suffering and need help. Definitely. And I, I think the, the one thing about my book is it is a it is not a fun story. It is a very right. sad and and just it's a tough story to read. But at the same time, it's compelling because people don't understand it. And it's just uh, the book is is as real as it could ever be. Um, nice. So I don't I don't sugarcoat anything. I don't um, you know, I'm, I'm honest about the mistakes that I've made with OCD. So <clears throat> the book is is probably I would be I would dare say it probably is the most clear honest account of someone who had OCD maybe ever printed to be honest with you. Awesome. Awesome. And yeah, I mean to be you can't sugarcoat life. It wasn't sugarcoated for you while you were going through it, right? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any advice for a parent with a newly diagnosed child of OCD? Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, if you have a young child that, that has OCD, um, and I, I have had some friends who have had this um, happen and have come to me to ask, you know, questions, um, <clears throat> please make sure that they are, you know, seeing a therapist and following a treatment plan, because if you can try to nip it in the bud when they're young, it can save them a lifetime of agony and misery. Um, mm -hmm. So the sooner you find out <clears throat> and the sooner you take healthy steps to, you know, to, to live with, with it and get through it, the better you're going to be. So hopefully, um, you know, I've had, like I say, I've had friends who have kids, you know, that have been diagnosed and um, I just, I, I urge them to understand that this is a serious thing and it's not something to take lightly and you need yeah. to, you need to get on it and try to, you know, do everything you can to help your kid get over it. Yeah. And no amount of discipline or telling them to stop is going to help that. Right. That is absolutely correct. Yeah. yeah. You, you got to understand what, what they're dealing with and really take the direction of, of the therapist. Um, yeah. That, that's been key for me. Do you believe that this disorder can be controlled enough that maybe someone with it can embrace it eventually? Like, are, are you embracing the fact that you have it? I mean, honestly, I probably, <clears throat> I probably am embracing it. Um, you know, it's, it's created a lot of, of problems for me, but at the same time, it's led me to be a stronger person than I ever would have been if I hadn't had it. And it's also, you know, brought me to different people's lives and helped me to, you know, meet new people that, you know, as a result of me having it. So <clears throat> I could say if there's ever been someone who embraced OCD, it probably would be me. So nice. Um, and I'm like I say, I'm just making the best of it. You know, that's all you can really do. I, 
I could have sat at home for the rest of my life and been a prisoner and done nothing and just been dependent on everyone else. But And succumb to the disorder, really. Yeah, yeah. Letting it beat you. Instead, you're showing it who's boss. Yeah, and at the same time, like I say, I, I'm, I'm, I'm working with it, you know? Like, yeah. I'm doing what I have to do to, to be... Do you think that you can harness the compulsions to make them work for you? Yeah, there's definitely uh, times where, where that has happened. Um, I mean, honestly, writing the book has, has been, you know, a compulsion because you're always thinking about it. And that's, that's helped me to write the book. And, you know, one thing about me, like, if I have a task to do, I'm pretty detail oriented. Um, so, Usually the work that we do is really good work because we yeah. are so careful with it and we are so precise. Um, so that's, I guess, one good thing that it, it does help with. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so do you have anything else you would like to add? Any other thoughts that you'd like to share? Uh, basically, just, uh, just wanted to say that... Um, if you have OCD or you're worried about having it, um, talk to somebody. Um, I'm always available, to be honest. Uh, my my email is is in the book. Um, it's uh, evbeatty1 at gmail.com. Um, anyone who you know feels they have is talk to somebody about it. Find support groups because there are support groups out there, and you know, don't just let it fester on its own. Help yourself by, you know, getting help for it. Yeah. Do you think that maybe you might create a support group online for people? Um, well, I'll tell you, uh, I actually um, am a part of a, a support group online um, for, for mental illness in general. Mm -hmm. um, and that is uh, called Broken People. And <clears throat> we uh, basically are a face group. Facebook group where you can go on and, and talk about different stuff that you're dealing with. Um, and that's been great to be a part of it. I've been one of their moderators for probably about a year now. And uh, there's a lot of groups like that. So um, I definitely recommend checking any of those out nice. um, because it's, it's been, it's been good to it because it allows you to help others, but it also helps you too. Yeah, I think that when we're healing and trying to overcome, it helps us to help others too, to feel empowered, right? Absolutely. It gives us, you know, feel like we're we're accomplishing something and we're doing yeah. something worthwhile. Yeah, definitely. And then I just wrote down a little information. So if you or someone you know is struggling, please contact 1-800-950-6264 or email info at NAMI.org, National Alliance on Mental Illness. <laughs> well, I certainly do thank you for sharing your story. I'm going to buy the book. I encourage everyone else to buy the book if you are struggling or if you know someone that is struggling. Please check him out on Amazon.com, and I will add that to the show notes. Thank you. Thank you.